Good morning. Thank you for joining me. I am super excited today. Today, Bruce Sullivan joins me. For those of you who don't know him, he's a keynote speaker, author, business leader. He has been leading seminars and development both privately and for businesses, helping them for 30 years. And most of his work comes from referrals when you just cannot get a better testimony than that. Um, And gosh, he's just an amazing guy. And uh, here we go. Enjoy his, his insights on these crazy times. Thank you so much today for joining me, Bruce. Uh, You're welcome. It's nice to be here, even in these rapidly changing times. Oh, aren't they? It's crazy, crazy times. Actually, I've got one question for you. If I was to talk about, because the craziness of 2020 seems to be the the theme at the moment, but if I was to put out the title of this podcast as uncertainty and dot, dot, dot in these crazy times, how would you feel that dot? I think that would go good um, because it is uncertain and it is crazy and I don't think it's a matter of talking about change anymore. Change has been coming at us thick and fast for decades. You know, the last 100 years, the last 200 years, uh, you know, it's not... It's not managing change anymore. It's managing the uncertainty that comes from change. It's managing to stick with the ambiguity. And I think that some people have really struggled with that. Uh, We realise that we're in control of very little about what's happening around us. And so being able to bring that control back to our own personal response to things how do we deal? Like I'm in control of that. I'm in control of how I feel about things. I'm in control of how I think about things. Maybe not initially, but ultimately the art of building that emotional maturity and that intelligence to be able to, I'm sensing something. I know what this is. It's an emotion. What is this emotion? What's the label for it? How do I use this and regulate that emotion in a way that's going to help my own physical and mental health as opposed to letting it consume me? Um, that's going to be the skill that will separate people apart. And I think it will be, even post-COVID, the skill that will decide whether you're healthy or unhealthy. Because if you've got that skill to be able to manage emotion well, instead of letting it take over you, that will be the difference between those of us, I think, that are physically and emotionally well, socially well, yep. and those that aren't. Um, and that's that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. <laughs> Absolutely love that because I think what the, the, this, what's going on here, the people it's playing with most are all the control freaks who are feeling, you know, for want of a better word, who are feeling so out of control. But what you're saying is they could actually have a feast of control by turning it on themselves. I mean, there's a never-ending supply there of them practicing yeah, control. Yeah, look, it is. And, and I think, you know, one of the conversations I've had with people that have really helped them in the uncertainty mm. is recognising that not everything has changed. Mm. In fact, even when there's been major change, there are so many things still that don't really change. So, you know, I said to one group of people I was talking to, I was dreaming about holidays way before COVID turned up and I'm still dreaming about holidays. And before COVID, I would dream about holidays I couldn't afford, couldn't have the time to get to, could not manage with young children or, and I'm now just dreaming of holidays still that either I can't afford or I couldn't manage or I couldn't get the time <laughs> off or it's just not physically able to get there. Uh, and, you know, I had COVID, of course, and you just can't even leave the country at the moment. So um, a, a lot of things haven't changed. I still mm. like a particular type of ice cream. I liked it then. I like it now. I liked my big screen TV before that and I still like it now. I loved my children before and I love my children now. Mm. I don't like them all. 
time, but I love them <laughs> every time. I, I don't like them every day. Yeah. <laughs> they probably don't like me either, right? So there is so much of life when you actually can bring mindfulness to that mm. and to really stop and think. And, you know, in the research, there's a significant correlation with ambiguity and your capacity to practice mindfulness. So in terms mm. of dealing with uncertainty and ambiguity, um, being able to just sit still and think, be mindful, feel, be mindful, um, that's a real art. And I think, I don't know, I'm just predicting that will be the biggest difference between those that can manage and control their emotions and those that can't, particularly in terms of physical and mental health. Wow, that's beautiful. That's something to look forward to. Yeah, potentially, but you're going to have to do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'd love to see, you know, more and more mindfulness in the world. That, that'd that be awesome if that's a yeah. skill that's taken up and something that's, you know, more emphasis or more of a spotlight's put on. Yeah, it was funny how many people commented during COVID, and I know when I say during COVID because I'm a Queenslander in Australia, when we had our spike, basically, people were saying, because I recognise the rest of the world is in chaos, including other parts of our own country right now, mm. um, is that it, you weren't doing 16 extracurricular activities every week. People weren't running here. Some people weren't commuting. They weren't working, sadly. They mm. were working from home. And lifestyles changed a bit. And the difference and the lack of pressure when people could actually sit still with their families or sit still with their dog or their cat or take them for a walk and go for a walk and exercise or, you know, just sit and have dinner together, one that you cooked yourself from actually from the ingredients, there was a real (laughs) mindfulness even getting back to some of that, oh, so what's the first thing you put in? Oh, a bit of oil in the pan. Oh, what? And then the onion. Oh, so you cook that until it's brown. Now, geez, is, is that how they do that? You know, like it was a real be present, pay attention kind of thing. You're yeah. at your dinner table again with your family, real, sit still, pay attention. Not everything's changed and mm. when everything does change, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. Mm. So if you were looking at like let's look at the family and that uncertainty and you've given a couple of great tools there, but what's something else that a family in this time of uncertainty because for them, it means children not having social or maybe having more on the computers, which we're trying to get them away from, or all of a sudden they're home and under yeah. the feet more and people are trying to work from home. Like there's so much going on in that space. What would you give for families going through those changes? Um, I think individuals and families, I've always been into uh, kindness. So is what you're about to do kind Will it cause zero harm? I, I call it my version of the four-way test, which I've literally just introduced to the workplace where I'm at. Um, is it kind? Will it cause zero harm? So will it help someone get better, either reactively or proactively? And does it hit the sweet spot between the task, what needs to get done, and the relationship? So mm. I'm about to send an email, I'm about to have a conversation, I'm about to sit down for dinner. Will there be kindness? Will there be zero psychological harm and ideally physical harm? Will there will it help people get better? Will be all will we all be better at the end of it? And did the task and the relationship get done? Mm. And you know, does, is there a tick in both box for that? Did you strike the balance in that area? So I think putting together some kind of agreement about how are we going to interact with each other is always helpful for life. And it's something that I can count on. Crazy day, world's out of control. I can at least sit, 
with my family and we've agreed that we're going for kindness, zero harm. We're all going to be better at the end of this conversation or this dinner and uh, we'll have to strike a nice balance between the task and the relationship. So we're, you know, hey, it's your turn, Selena, to do the washing up. Yes, thank you. With, with kindness, there's the task box done. Okay, is the relationship okay? Yeah. So ha- having that as a common language I think is important or something like that, your version of that. And I think the other thing is in, when there's so much uncertainty, how do you create your own certainty? And so ritual is a really good way to be able to do that. Some kind of habitual ritualistic activity that no matter what the rest of the world is doing, you can come back to those rituals. So it could be a five-minute stand-up comedy person before dinner every night. Some people say grace, <laughs> some people don't. Um if you don't have the grace ritual, then do uh, we do gratefulness tennis. We used to play, hey, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for the broccoli that died. I'm grateful for the farmer that grew that. I'm grateful for the truck driver that bought it from the farm to the markets in the city. Um, some kind of ritual. And I still remember 2012 was one of the craziest years of my life. I had the endings of some things and the beginnings of new things. I had family members going to jail. It was a weird time. And I, I created a ritual that um, I would pick up my kids from school. I would be sure to finish on time on a Friday so I could pick up my kids from school. It was something that we would do every now and then as a treat, but it became an every Friday. Pick up the kids, we'd go for milkshake and donuts, we'd come home, we'd swim in the pool until we were wrinkly, we would walk (laughs) out and get either pizza or we would get fish and chips, we'd bring it back, sit in front of the TV, watch a movie, no one needed a bath, Um, we were as clean as you could ever be and then we'd all be asleep by 7.30, 8 o'clock that night, including me because I was just exhausted. Um, yet that ritual, uh, the rest of the world could have been in mutually assured destruction. They, you know, they could have been setting off the nuclear bombs everywhere else. But when I was in that bubble, in that tradition, that ritual that we created, eh, life was good. And so that was like the four hours of beautiful mindfulness and peace and being present in the middle of all the crazy. So I think rituals setting up some new traditions, some fun things. You know, you imagine the challenge for a family to go, it's your turn, Selena, tonight to come up with the curious question for the table to talk about over dinner. It's your turn tonight to come up with the funny five-minute, non-sexist, non-religious, non-racist, non-political, non-vulgar stand-up comedian piece that can make us laugh over dinner, that kind of thing. So does that make sense? Oh, it does. That sounds like so much fun just in itself, like just doing that. Yeah, and you really ideally don't need a major life crisis or an international pandemic to get these things going in your world because the world was crazy before COVID as well. So It really was, wasn't it? So, oh, yes. thank you so, so much. Like there, there's just so much richness in that. I'm thinking I might actually take it into two. There's just absolute gold. Thank you so much yeah. for your time today. If there was a message that you're going to leave us with, what would it be? Oh, look, I think you have to run your own ad campaigns if you want to remember the things that are most important. Mm. So how do you set up your own ritualistic advertising to remind you? You know, I've been in families' homes where they've got, like, on the walls the the rules of the house. You know, we do mm. second chances. We love no matter what. Uh, we forgive 
dot, 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 eventually. Um, we always put things back where we found them. So, you know, we're still reminding people not to drink and drive. We're still reminding people to eat their fruit and veggies. We're still reminding people to be sun smart. We're, we're reminding people to do the things that are good for them. And mm. I think anything that you can do, with pop-ups on your screens, you, you would know that I um, I was going to wear them, but I thought I'd better not. But, you know, don't put your happy pants on. Um, yes. That was a fun thing we created like a long time ago. But, you know, anything that can remind you to make a good decision and to remember, C.S. Lewis said, adults would rather be reminded than instructed. How do we remind ourselves to do what's good for us? Sitting still for five minutes, doing those little rituals, making sure you eat right, making sure you think right. You know, if you don't have a decent shower every day, you stink. Um, you need a rinse, right? And I think our thinking needs that rinsing as well so that you can just think right so it doesn't get too smelly. And, oh, um, anything you can do to remind yourself is good. Stick a laminated plaque in the shower, anything. Change it up a little bit. So Yeah. Oh, mm. no, I love it. And look, I finish, it's amazing you were talking about kindness because I finish every podcast asking and inviting people to join me in creating a kinder world. Yeah, so nice. it was so great that uh, that was sort of your number one in, your, in the four things that you've introduced, the four steps that you've introduced in your workplace. So, yeah, kindness, mm. it's a pretty cool thing. It is, and it can be hard too. You know, Mm. kindness in a workplace is making sure someone's got role clarity, holding them accountable, holding other people accountable. Mm. You know, kindness isn't just always the, you know, the handshake, the hug and the thank you letter and, the you know, like in how people sometimes think about kindness, that security comes from knowing where the boundaries are. The security comes from, the kindness comes from knowing that I'm really putting in the big effort here. Um, That person over there isn't. Are you going to have a chat to them? Because that would be kind to them to let them know that, hey, you're kind of like not in line here and we need you to be a part of this team. If you want to play here, these are the agreements. So that's kind to me and the rest of the team that have busted their backsides to do the right thing. Gosh, that's a bit of slang, isn't it? Sorry. No, I love it. What a fantastic way and a twist on finishing because it is so true. That's just opened up a whole new world. Of, that's right. That is exactly the kindness doesn't, it's not just being nice and blowing wind up some, someone's ass. You know? so, <laughs> there you go, slang for slang. <laughs> yeah, and if we've got any international people watching this, they might have to type into you and say, can you please explain exactly what that means? So, yeah, no, very nice. Oh. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Bruce. Have a great, um, yeah, to level, whenever we speak again. Thank you. That'd be great. It's great to see you. Cheers. <laughs>